Warning, this podcast and its characters are fictitious, but it depicts major triggering subjects. Listener discretion is advised. My, 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 that was quite the adventure, wouldn't you say? Very entertaining. At least for me. There's a lot more where that came from. And remember, it could be worse. Now pay attention. You're listening to Serial Frictions. Today's story, part two of To Hear a Strange Noise, To See a Strange Creature. Enjoy. In front of me, steam burst out of the pipe. I look at the walls whose forfeit was a long time ago. A rusty carcass maintained for defense by the militia. This 35,000 ton, soon to be retired submarine has been my home for the last four months. The barracks are small and I have few possessions, but the military feeds me and keeps me fit for my position. I complain, but still she passes every critical safety inspection and packs an enormous amount of firepower, should we ever encounter any enemy ships. I am confident in her ability, and I feel safe as I sleep in her still bosom. My walk under the massive bolts leads me beside a series of portholes. We are close enough to the surface that beams of light shoot into the darkened corridor. Holding on to some need for whimsicality after having been on the ship for so long, I took a moment to admire the view. Had I not, maybe my story would have been a happier one. I gaze for longer than I had intended, and it sparks a youthful curiosity. I move toward the window with that same childlike enthusiasm. I see moonbeams tossing around the water like the northern lights. Jellyfish and other sea creatures were floating in the beams as if strangely dancing to some strange aquatic sound. No, wait. They are dancing to a song. At least, that's what it sounded like. I can hear it. Some angelic voice coming from the water. I stared, perplexed, looking out into the fading ocean. At a distance, I can see nothing but a murky black and the eerie silhouettes of fish and sea turtles. I pull a flashlight off my belt and hold it close to the window, hoping to see further. The song seems to drift in and out like the tide. I squint and press my face close to the window. What was making that sound? The only thing missing is the crash of the waves, I say to myself. Something hit the window. 
I scream and I swear the submarine shakes as I fly from my feet and onto the submarine floor. I take a moment to regain control of my breath. It's racing almost as fast as my heart. After regaining some composure, I lift myself up and look around out of embarrassment. Probably just a shark or something, right? The light probably drew it to the window like a bug. No reason to worry. It would take a lot more than a shark to take down a submarine. My thoughts settle. With only one tiny nautical side thought. It should have taken more than an iceberg to sink the Titanic. I entered the bridge, which holds the few people in my life I would call my companions. Though some were a little rough around the edges, I enjoyed my time around their smug faces and vulgar talks. You're late, seaman, Captain Harris says. Sorry, Captain. I had to remove the stick from my ass. I can help you remove the one up yours, too, if you'd like. Everyone chuckled. That's insubordination, the captain said with a smirk. Why, sir? Every night I shove a stick up your ass, and every morning you remove it without my permission. The crew hoops and hollers. You're a dirty old bastard. I grin like a filthy-minded high schooler. Yeah, yeah, get to your station. Let me know what it looks like. I slide into my cold chair. I pull out my journal and pen. I notice immediately two small blips. One most likely a well, but the other was noticeably smaller. And blips these size are not much to worry about, especially since it disappeared almost as soon as I had noticed. Well, sir. Well what? He chuckled and looked through the periscope. Well indeed. Anderson? Slightly east. That all, George? The other blip was probably nothing to worry about, so I nodded in response. We traversed the sea for another few hours. Well here, friendly there. The captain had retired to his quarters. I was in the first mate position. Not much cause for concern, but the hour was getting late. Oh, 0300 if I had to guess. The moon was high, and the crew was tired and bored. I had just tossed some peanuts in my mouth to stave off the hunger when the blip reappeared. I squinted my eyes, rubbed them, then looked at the monitor again. Was something following us? Anderson, do you see this? Aye. I saw it earlier. Too small to note. Might not even be the same thing, just weird. The hole begins to shake to the sound of a lulling melody. Anderson and I looked around. BAM! A pipe burst and steam screams out. I scream. Motherfucker! Anderson jolts. This bucket of boats! Anderson exclaimed. Jen meant for the sea. Pressure in the pipes don't cause the hole to shake, Anderson. Apparently it does. I walk slowly to the submarine wall and press my ear against the porthole. What are you doing? Anderson asked. That song... It sounded familiar. 
Just the wind whistling through the pipes. It should sound familiar. You okay, Georgie? I shushed him and listened closely to the glass. I heard nothing. Then, harmonics echoed through the cold metal. Tonight, you belong to me. I murmured. I know that song. Then, clear as day. George! I waved for Anderson to hush. Georgie! I turned around annoyed. Anderson! A shadow was in the middle of the room. Not like a shadow from light or anything like that. It was a full-bodied shadow, as if it had picked itself from off the floor. It was weeping maliciously, reaching for me. And it had Anderson. The radar was beeping, signaling an unfriendly frequency. I'm frozen, looking at the shadow, moving only to put a hand on my pistol. What? <sighs> Anderson groans as if in pain. It snaps me out of shock. I draw my M19, then I step forward, aiming the pistol. I shoot. The bullet ricochets off the hole screaming loud and ringing my ears. The shadow screams, the sub shakes, and Anderson is crushed by what seems like pure rage right before the shadow vanishes. No! No! I rush over to my friend and look at his contorted body and crushed skull. I grab at the pain in my chest, both from fear and grief. Grabbing the radio, I switched to the captain's emergency station. Captain! Anderson, he's dead! The response was that of the same harmony that sent chills down my spine. I drop the radio and the hole begins to shake. The radar beeps rapidly. I lean over my station and see two large blips. Damn it! Now? I grab hold of the scope and swivel it around. Two enemy subs and one is firing a torpedo. The hole shakes, the pipes burst. I am thrown violently to the ground. The lights go out and the red emergency light starts to flash. It whips around the cabin as another torpedo collides. I see nothing but red. I crawl toward the closest chair, that of the captain's. I crawl up and strap myself in. Another torpedo hits, then all becomes quiet. My ears pop in the silence and I feel the temperature. I look at the altitude. The sub is going down. They miss the bridge, but I'm willing to bet. No, I hope that there is only water behind that door. I sit and let out a breath of air, trying to figure out how to get out of this alive, thinking about my life. The red light whips around, revealing only pieces of my surroundings at a time. Once, twice, and on the fourth time, a shadow stands in front of me. It looks 
It looks like my wife. Sandra. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you liked it, why not leave us a good review? Share with your friends. After all, sharing is scary. Music. Mixed down from samples by Kevin McLeod. See show notes for more details. Have a good night.